Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're already in the month of May. It was a a very different a month of April, obviously, and uh, and those last couple of weeks of, of March. Still, it was still very fresh uh, in the uh, month of March because basically it was, I'll never forget it, write it down, it was uh, Friday the 13th. And I think Scott Lauber may have still been in, uh, in Clearwater. Let's bring Scott on from the Inquirer, obviously Philly's, uh, beat reporter, one of the best in the business, our buddy Scott Lauber. D- did you go to that last game, Scott, by chance, when the Phils were playing Tampa Bay on that Thursday, the 12th of March? So, uh, hey, Ricky. So, yeah, I was in still in Clearwater. I didn't go. Uh, Matt mm-hmm. Breen went down to Port Charlotte. Something was happening. I'm trying to think of of what uh, Aaron Nola threw a bullpen back in Clearwater. He, right. you know, he, you rem- remember had missed a few days earlier that week because he was sick with uh, the stomach bug and uh, and he had and he day. had a and he had a fever and people remember it was you know people were starting to ask about you know well he had a fever and Garrett Cole well, you know, in Tampa yeah. Garrett Cole and Gary Sanchez both had a fever. Hmm. Yeah, you know what was interesting was um, so so I was in Clearwater that day and. Mm-hmm. And Nola came back and he threw a bullpen and I asked him afterwards um, about, you know, cause the Phillies had said he had the flu and he said, no, it was a stomach bug. I never had the flu. And he specifically said, I never had a fever. Had I had a fever, I wouldn't be here yet. I wouldn't okay. be here th- this soon. So he, he actually, um, and I said to him, you know, I'm only asking you because of what's going on. I mean, you know, you hear that someone has the flu and you automatically go to like, did they get tested and, and right. all of those things. And this was really in the, in the earlier stages of it here. Um, you know, and, and, and so it was on everyone's mind and he said, no, I, I didn't uh, have a fever, but it was, a, it was more of a stomach bug, like more of a 24, 48 hour kind of thing. And he specifically said, had I been, had I had a fever, there's no way I'd be here today. And, right. and so, yeah, I mean, even then we were still we were still kind of getting our, um, you know, getting our introduction to what all of this was, and we had no way of knowing um, what it would become. I don't think, um, uh, you know, in what went on the next few days with, you know, that was the day that um, MLB said that spring training would be suspended. Uh, the Phillies came to the ballpark the next day. They were told to come in for a meeting. Um, I went there early on the, on the 13th and, um, you know, players were sort of uh, coming out and we were sort of asking what went on and they were being told to sort of stay put, not go anywhere. Nobody knew that it was going to be, you know, everybody go home because this is going to be a while. So yeah, it took, it we took a really few days. It took a few to out what the ramifications were going to be. Yeah. It took a few days. I remember the guys were still working out over that weekend uh, in, in the particular tr- uh, spring training sites. 
and it wasn't until maybe Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday of the of the next week, which would have made it, I guess, like 16th or 17th of March, uh, when the guys uh, were, were basically told, go home, we're going to shut the doors. Yeah, I mean, you were over in, in Tampa, and, mm-hmm. you know, the Yankees voted as a team, right, to stick around. To and, stick around, and yeah. Stay. And that was a huge story, and we were wondering if the Phillies would do the same, and um, I went home on, on the on the night of the or the evening of the 14th, and I left because it was clear that um, you know the, the Phillies were going to close the facility at that point, and there was no need, there was no point in sticking around because there was going to be no access for us. And within a day or so, they not only closed the facility, but they they told the players you know to if they felt more comfortable going home to just go home. And some guys had started to to, to do that. Anyway, um, that was the, you know, the sense that they were getting was that they were going to be allowed to go home. So, you know, yeah, that, I mean, and, and, and it's funny because it seems like eons ago that that we we were doing we were going through all that and trying to figure out what was going to happen. And uh, you know, on one hand, it feels like so long ago. On the other hand, how is it already May first? You know, it's, it's, it's May second. Yeah. It's, and that's exactly what I what I what I was trying to 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 put in capsule is that we have never Scott never had a month of April like the one we just experienced and, and I hope we never had another uh, never have another month of April like that again but we got through the month of April and now we're in May and we're starting to hear rumblings I think we're we're I'm getting more and more optimistic. I don't know about you that we will have baseball in some way, shape, or form. I'm even and I'm here in Florida where the restrictions have been eased, many of them, uh, and the, the the governor here is very big on outdoor. Uh, he he's more worried about sports that are within confines in buildings, but he is much more open to the idea of the outdoor sports coming back and obviously you know baseball is a, is is a, an outdoor sport i think we could have guys and 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 eventually teams reconvening for spring training part two uh sometime within this month of may what are you hearing i um so i'm optimistic mm-hmm. uh as well although i'm i'm guarded in that optimism because well, for a few reasons. I mean, I'm optimistic because no matter who I talk to, and I'm sure you're hearing the same, um, you know, there's unanimity in the desire to want to come back. And right. and that's notable at a time when, you know, owners and players are not agreeing on a whole lot these days in, in baseball. And 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 one of the things that, that they agree on is that they want to have a season in some shape or form in 2020. So, you know, that right there gives you um, – reason to believe that if there's any way for it to happen they will figure out a way to make it happen um where i'm guarded in all of this is that for as as much as baseball officials players owners want to come back it's not really entirely in their hands uh, the the virus will dictate whether or not they can come back and states are opening up and states are beginning to ease some of their restrictions uh, I think baseball will probably spend most of this month paying close attention to what's happening as states do that. Um, and they will then sort of take their cues from what's happening and figure out, okay, we have, you know, 15 potential plans for how to return, which ones are more realistic than others. Right. Mm-hmm. 
But until we get to a point where testing is available on a larger scale, because you're going to have you're going to have to have testing available if you're going to have teams come back together again. And, you know, I had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago to talk to a couple of ex Phillies pitchers, Ben Lively and David Buchanan, who are over in Korea, South Korea. Their season is going to open up this coming week. And, you know, they were telling me, you know, about how when they go to the ballpark, they, they're they're, they get their temperature taken and um, they are, um, you know, there are tests available uh, there are plans in place if someone doesn't feel good or, or if somebody does get sick. So South Korea is ahead of us on this. There's no two ways about it. And until we get to a point where tests are available and precautions can be taken, um, I think it's going to be difficult for, for sports to go ahead and say, all right, let's bring teams back together, even without fans in the seats, to put two teams together in a, in a, in a venue to play a game between the support personnel and all the other essential personnel required to put a game on, we're well over a hundred people. And so in order to have a gathering like that, I think you need to have a way of testing and monitoring that, that, that doesn't exist right now. There's a major hurdle that they got through here in the last 24 hours though, is that the at MLB and the umpires did come to an agreement on, on pay and conditions and, and the umpires, Scott, let's say they play games, uh, at the spring training stadiums, a lot of these places aren't equipped for the with instant replay. So right. an, another big difference in baseball this year might be we go backwards as far as uh, as far as replay is concerned. It, it might be thrown back into the hands of the umpires, but they've come to an agreement with the umpires union. Yeah, and that's a huge that's a huge thing. And um, you know, I think. Uh, I think a lot of us felt like it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when and how long it would take. I feel the same way about, you know, talks that are going to now be, have to begin relatively soon between the league and the players mm-hmm. over compensation with regard to, you know, will players have to take, uh, have to accept less without, you know, in the event that there are no fans in the seats. And it, it, you know, that's certainly what the owners are saying is that the agreement that they came to at the end of March was contingent upon being able to put fans in the, in the stadium. And without that, revenues are going to be, you know, 40% less or whatever it's going to work out to. And so as a result, players are going to have to, you know, and I, I think those talks are going to have to start soon here. I think they will. And I think ultimately they'll figure out a way to make an agreement in that area too. The last thing owners and players want to be perceived as in this time is fighting over money. So, you know, ultimately they'll they'll reach a deal on that too. And like I said, I mean, we've heard about you know four or five different kind of concepts for for how a season might look or could look. And um, what I'm what I my understanding is for every four or five that we've heard, there's there's two or three that we haven't heard about. Uh, it's a long list of brainstorms that they've come up with, and they'll begin to sort through them and figure out what's more viable than others. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it's there are going to be questions uh, that, that have to be answered not by Major League Baseball but by, you know, society at large in terms of how we're going to test and monitor, and that will determine whether or not they can put any of these plans in motion. I, I spoke about having a very different month of April, and within that month of April, 
was the release of your book. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. I, I, and you know, I, I I feel bad for you because you know usually you'd be out on a on a on a signing tour, you'd be in bookstores, you'd you know you'd be doing all the uh, the prelim work uh, about a, a project that you've put your heart and soul into. So tell the audience once again uh, the name of the book and what it's all about. It's called The Big 50, uh, The Men and Moments uh, That Made the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, it's, it's a series of 50 uh, essays, essentially, about um, exactly that, some of, the more, um, some of the more important people and moments and years and games uh, in, in the history of the Phillies, which goes back to 1883. And, um, you know, it came out on April 21st. It's available um, everywhere, wherever you get your books. And, uh, you know, it's sort of a double-edged sword, as you said. I mean, I, I would love to be in bookstores and, and, um, and uh, doing some book signings and things like that, which we obviously can't do right now. On the other side of it, I, I hope that um, maybe because people are stuck at home, uh, that maybe there's more time to do things like read. Uh, and, uh, and, so, and, so may, and so who knows? Maybe it's a good thing um, to yeah. come out at a time when there's no – uh, live sports. Um, you know, I know that, look, at the Inquirer, we've been doing a lot of sort of like, you know, turn back the clock kind of things. Um, we're doing a series on the 1980 Phillies. We're doing kind of a what-if uh, series about a number of things that could have happened differently in in, in Phillies history and, and how that might have changed, you know, things. And, um, you know, so, I mean, if people are sort of in that mode, um, you know, we've got this Jordan documentary on ESPN right now. Well, that, that, that's, that's, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going with this tonight. I, I want to do a quote-unquote last dance 2011 Phillies version. How about <laughs> that? Okay, because that really was the last dance for that group. It was. They went 81 and 81 in 2012, and, and then the wheels fell off. You know, Charlie's gone and the Sandberg era, and, you know, I don't, I, I don't have to take you through the whole ride. Uh, right. You know, you know exactly what happened. But the last dance, and it's got to be part of your book, uh, the last dance yeah. for that great group of Phillies was 2011. And that tragic, because it's the only way to describe it, tragic Saturday night at Citizens Bank Park when Carpenter and Halliday, who were close friends, you know, get into that tremendous pitcher's duel, and the game ends with Ryan Howard blowing out his Achilles on his way to first base, and people are stunned. Here's this 102-win team that's going home and sent home by the team that they put into the playoffs, Scott, yeah. by, by sweeping the Braves. Yeah, you know, um, there there is a chapter of the book on, on that game and that night and uh, and uh, and what it meant and 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 what it meant in Philly's history and, and what and what sort of came to an end that night. And, you know, it's interesting, um, Matt Breen and Bob Brookover and I just did a podcast about it for the Inquirer about that. We rewatched that game and, and – you know, so many, you talk about what ifs, right? I mean, so many different what ifs, what if, um, what if, uh, you know, what if the ball that Raul Labanya is hitting the fourth inning goes a few more feet and gets out? What if, mm-hmm. um, you know, what if, what if Ross Glow doesn't reach on a, on a, on a strikeout wild pitch in the, in the eighth on a ball that Yadier Molina ordinarily either blocks or, or collects in time to throw him out. Ryan Howard may not bat in the ninth inning uh, right. of that game. And, uh, you know, so, so many, di- 
what and as you said, what if like go back to the end of the regular season and yeah, if, if the Braves win one of those one Braves, of those three games, weekend. yeah, that's all they had to do is win one, including the fun, the final game in what fourteen innings, fourteen um, innings, yeah, uh, on the wildest know, night in the history of baseball. Michael Martinez, right, makes the greatest catch in his in his life. And <laughs> yeah. so, what if what if none of that happens, and the Braves get in, and the Phillies end up playing the Diamondbacks in the first round? Um, do they get out of that first round and and end up moving on? And you know, the the one thing that that you you know when you talk to guys who were part of that um, that O seven to eleven Phillies group is they all say like we should have won more than one World Series and. You know, they go to, to 09, and, and um, you know, I'm thinking specifically game four of the 09 World Series, the Johnny Damon double steal and, and, and the comeback by the Yankees in that game. And they think, well, if that game had gone differently, maybe they win the series and have a second ring. And then they go to, to 2011 for sure. And, they, you know, if, if, you know if, if this or if that, and they end up beating the Cardinals, or maybe the Cardinals aren't even in it, and do they end up – should they? That was probably the best team of the group of, of the of the of the run that 2011 team. So many weird things too. It yeah. was a uh, it was the same day, uh, 34 years after Black Friday, uh, which is the another infamous day in Philly's history. Correct. 34 years. Roy Halladay wore number 34. There's a lot of connections between Black Friday and Game Five in 2011. And for me, for my money, those are the two worst losses in franchise history. So, yeah, so d- during the evening tonight, during the program, uh, we'll try to come up with a, a last dance kind of version of that season, 2011 season. But, uh, you know, and, is, you know, Scott, that last night, you, you mentioned the Phils took 14 innings to beat the Braves and eliminate the Braves. Uh, and then, you know, Boston uh, gets eliminated that night in Baltimore, of all places. That's where I was that night. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Longoria hits a ball off, well, I guess, right down the line, right by the foul pole. Yep. Uh, just the, 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 the chain of events that night in baseball, we have never seen a night like that. And I remember flying. I was on the team flight. We were flying back from Atlanta to Philadelphia. And people were looking at each other, you know, ecstatic that they had gotten the record, the 102 wins and the whole thing. But there was an eerie kind of feeling that the Cardinals were now in. And the Cardinals were going to be a different animal than the Diamondbacks. And it turned out that it came back to bite them in the keister. Yeah, I think it was the wildest night uh, in in baseball history with all yeah. the different things that happened and the way those games played out. You mentioned what happened in Baltimore. You mentioned what happened in Tampa, um, over in the National League. What was going on with the Phillies in Atlanta? And I think you know shades of tw- of 2007, right? I mean, I'm sure all the guys on the 2011 Phillies who were also part of the 07 Phillies, whether it's Jimmy Rollins or Ryan Howard or Chase Utley, had to be thinking, you know. The hottest, the hottest team going, the team you did not want to face, was the yep. team that they were going to face in the first round in a very short series. And a lot of things can go wrong. And as hot as the Phillies were in 07, and they had to go 13-4 and four down the stretch to beat the Mets, uh, the Rockies were the only team that was hotter. And look, they, they ran into them, and Rockies swept them, and, and it was like the Phillies weren't even there. And so I'm sure it had to be going through their minds, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah, here that's Cardinals. exactly and, that was the mood in the, on the airplane that night on the, the flight back from Atlanta. Yeah, the Cardinals were dead like five or six times that month, 
and uh, and they end up making the playoffs. And not only do they end up beating the Phillies in a classic uh, series, but they end up going all the way and winning the World Series in a classic World Series when you think about the David, David Freeze uh, yeah. uh, home run <laughs> yeah. or Nelson or, uh, Cruz triple and home run. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, again, that team was that team was sort of destined, I think, to uh, to do what it what it wound up doing. And, and they had to be when you consider the road that that Cardinals team took. It had to be one of the least likely World World Series champs ever. One more time here before we go to break. Name of the book uh, and where they can get it, Scotty. Big Phil, uh, Big 50, uh, Philadelphia Phillies, the men and moments that made the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, everywhere you, you, you find your books. So, and Amazon um, will deliver it right to your front door. It will. It will. So hopefully it's something that, that helps people kind of get through not having, not having uh, live actual sports to watch. So. Well, I'm um, waiting for my copy here, and I got plenty of time to read it here. Uh, right? so, <laughs> uh, well, I, I, matter of fact, I will go on Amazon and buy myself a copy. <laughs> How about that? Uh, we'll, we'll get one out to you. I got to get your Florida address. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll we'll make sure to get one out to you. Now that you're, uh, I, I you never know where to send it with you. You know? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not there. going. I, I'm here for the uh, for the duration until these teams get back here. Before they play in in Philadelphia and New York, they're going to play in Clearwater and Tampa. So you'll see well, me here. <laughs> I will make sure to get one to you down in Florida. You got it, my friend. That's Scott Lauber of the Inquirer. Stay, stay safe, stay healthy, and good luck with the book. We'll talk again soon as baseball, uh, the situation with baseball becomes uh, more and more clear as the weeks go by, Scott. All right? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.